0: Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, today we are talking to my friend Alex Clark. She hosts the Instagram show Poplitics. She talks about pop culture from a conservative perspective. She also hosts a show called The Spillover, which is a long-form interview podcast that comes out once a month. A lot of you guys already know, follow, and love Alex Clark, so you can kind of know what to expect from that conversation. Some of you may be unfamiliar. It's going to be super fun. She is a fun, bubbly, very smart, entertaining, funny person, and you're just going to love this podcast. It's a little bit of a lighter episode, which is good. We talk about some heavy, things. If you haven't listened to Tuesday's episode, Wednesday's episode, Tuesday's episode was about everything that happened in Uvalde. I highly recommend going to listen to that. And then yesterday's episode was the Christian response to Pride Month. And we talked about a few of the crazy things going on in the Biden administration, in public schools, um, around this kind of sexual revolution and how it is affecting our kids. Go listen to that today. We're on a little bit of a lighter note. We are talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. You guys know we have not discussed that on Relatable. I have only started following it a little bit over the past couple of days. The verdict came out. You guys probably know There were accusations of abuse toward Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp said that's not true. Sued Amber Heard for defamation. And so this whole thing has just been an ugly mess. The trial has been six weeks. Most people on social media have been on Johnny Depp's side. It's just a whole crazy thing. I just have not had the capacity to follow along. But Alex is going to tell us why this matters, why this is important. She's going to summarize what happened. And then I'm going to give my take on it just from kind of an outside observer. I think it's a a unique and, dare I say, nuanced opinion about the conclusion of this whole trial and how it kind of went down. We're also going to talk about friendships, how to make um, friends with like-minded people. Also, when to know to not be friends with someone anymore because of some very serious disagreements. We're going to talk about relationships and dating. She's going to give us some insight into her experiences in that world as a conservative Christian in this wild Dating space that we are in right now So I know that you're going to love this conversation It's going to be upbeat but also insightful And I just hope encouraging For you guys Um, If you love this podcast I'll end the week on this If you love this podcast Would you please uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts Thank you so much to those of you who have already done that You don't have to give a long-winded response Unless you want to Or a long-winded explanation about why you love the show You can Or you can just write a sentence telling us Why you love Relatable Also, another announcement before we get started. We've got lots of merch on our merch website. We've got razor respectful ruckus shirts. We've got politics matter because policy matters because. People Matter, which kind of summarizes our show. We've got those t-shirts. We've also got stickers that say that now. We've got lots of fun stickers. We also have a shirt that says Millennials Against Low Rise Jeans. Another theme of this show. I will never go back to the low rise jean trend. I am against it. We've got stickers that say that. We've got all kinds of new stuff and we have new merch coming. So we will include the link to that in the description of this episode if you're watching on YouTube or if you are listening wherever you are listening. So go check that out. All right, one last thing before we get into the conversation with Alex Clark and that is our first sponsor for the day which is Eden Pure. So, you can purify the air in your home, get healthy, clean, fresh smelling air, eliminate odors, kill mold and mildew and bacteria. And viruses with products from Eden Pure. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier uses Oxy technology. It naturally sends out O3 molecules into the air, it seeks out odors, air pollutants in your home and destroys them. It doesn't just mask or cover up bad smells. It's not just like, you know, using an air freshener. We are actually talking about purifying your home, making it a healthier experience to breathe in your home, especially those of you who are new moms. You're starting to think about this stuff in a way that you hadn't before. Maybe you're thinking about those uh, air fresheners that you've got plugged in, and you're wondering, hmm, is this really healthy for me? Is this healthy for my baby? Well, why not clean your air, purify your air in a natural way rather than just covering up bad odors using the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You get three units for under $200. That is a really good deal I mean these things can be super expensive their competitors are super expensive but this is like the best of the best top of the line product and you're getting all three of them for under $200 so go to eatimpuredeals.com and put in discount code Allie that's eatimpuredeals.com. put in discount code Ally to save $200 Eatimpuredeals.com discount code Ally. shipping is free Alex, thanks so much for joining Relatable again, this time the first time in studio. We're gonna talk about a few things. We're gonna talk about YWLS. We're gonna talk about women and conservatism and all that good stuff. But first, I wanna talk about kind of the pop culture drama that's going on this week that we have not talked about at all on Relatable. I really haven't discussed it because I haven't had the capacity to care but I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard verdict that came out yesterday. Can you just give us like a brief rundown? What the heck happened and why should we care about this at all?
1: Okay, we actually should really care about this. It's very very big, not only for pop culture but I just think culture in general what happened here because in 2018 Amber Heard wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post and she basically said without saying Johnny Depp's name and everyone knew that they had a very long term relationship that she was a survivor of domestic abuse yeah. and domestic violence and so he sued her for defamation because he ended up losing you know, a ton of movie deals after that everybody in Hollywood started to hate him yeah. they labeled him this abuser this terrible person So he sues her, she countersues him um, for defamation. And so they end up in this trial with a jury and everything, suing each other. He wanted, I believe, 50 million. She countersued him for 100 million, I think. Um, And what ended up happening was they both ended up getting money. They were both found, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but they were both found uh, like they had defamed each other in certain aspects. He got more money in the end than she did. He got like 15 million. And she got two. Okay, so essentially in the public's eyes, Johnny Depp wins, but what's really interesting is that she really tried to brand this as, well, this is me too, this is me speaking out, this is for women everywhere. But in the trial, it comes out that really she was just as much of a verbal abuser, physical abuser, even maybe more so than him. Um, she's on tape talking about punching him. She
0: also pooped in his bed. So that's and the But part. she said that she didn't. So I followed a little bit of this, and she said, "No, I would never do that. That's disgusting. That was yeah. our Yorkie." But then the driver <laughs> testified on the stand and said that she told him in the car after it happened that. She did. Oh, yeah. And that it was a practical joke gone wrong. She and 100% that The defecation was like a surprise that she left for Johnny Depp. So I feel like that in itself may have just like ruined her credibility in general with the jury. If I'm the jury, I'm like, OK, that's disgusting. What else would you do? Well,
1: she did all kinds of weird stuff. She was whatever Johnny would wear the next day in court. She would copy okay, tell his his me why. Tell me why you think she did that because it's a weird psychological manipulation. She She's a crazy person. You know, you, think? you know, I mean, she's literally the psycho girl, the girlfriend, you know, the ex-girlfriend that like goes and keys your car and, and poops on your bed. I mean, yeah. she's crazy. So I think that's kind of her way is just a petty kind of thing to do. Yeah. Um, but nothing she did in trial made her look good.
0: Right, okay, so. One thing, though, that I will say is that there was some evidence that he was an abuser, not necessarily all of the allegations that she made against him, like physical abuse. But we do have some tape um, that apparently she leaked to TMZ, but then she lied and said that they didn't leak to TMZ, where he was at least like attacking the, the cabinets, which might not be physical abuse towards her, but is kind of abusive because you're making this kind of intimidating um environment and he is verbally abusing her and there is some evidence that he was not a great guy not a great guy towards her that the marriage counselor, which was his witness, went up on the stand and said, yeah, I think that they mutually abused each other, at least emotionally and verbally abused each other. 100%. And, it was a super toxic relationship. And then, But when she sued, because there was a, another case... Um, Like, he, so Depp filed in 2018 a libel claim against newsgroup newspapers, the owner of The Sun, because The Sun ran an article a few years ago calling him a wife beater. And he lost that case because The Sun argued, well, there is credible evidence that he is a wife beater. And the court in the UK found that, yeah, there is credible evidence against him. And so this is not a valid case of libel So I don't know what to make all that I don't know if she is completely totally lying There seems to be some evidence to act against him no, there's definitely evidence
1: against him They were toxic for each other They both said things to each other You know talked horribly to each other She at least on tape admitted to physically abusing him Punching him and said don't be such a baby about it Who cares I punch you in the face so what You know that kind of stuff mm. So they both were awful um, The thing is though that's interesting is that What this really showed is that, you know, men can be victims of domestic abuse, too. It can go both ways. And so this whole mentality of, you know, believe all women no matter what without hearing both sides. It's just there's a little bit more nuance to this uh, than that. And I think even liberal Hollywood with this case was faced to look in the mirror and say, okay, maybe all the stuff that we've been saying, you know, with Me Too and all this and always believe all women, maybe... That isn't always the case and yeah. you should listen to men too because they can be victims as well.
0: Yeah, I do think that that's important to know. I was a little bit uncomfortable as just kind of an outside observer with the number of people that seem to exclusively be mocking Amber Heard and almost, like, lionizing Johnny Depp as just, like, this sweet, genteel Southern gentleman who has never done anything wrong. And look how wonderful his past girlfriends say that he is. And he is just a victim in this case. Look, he might be a victim of defamation. Apparently, he is. But that doesn't mean that he is completely innocent. Like, this ruling doesn't mean that he... They didn't rule him some perfect guy. And so I did think that that dichotomy was weird. Like, let's totally malign Amber Heard and pretend like this guy is perfect. I think that that speaks to social media's pressure to pick a side. Like, do we really have to pick a side and say that he is a perfect guy? I'm not really sure that we do.
1: And I think that's why social media exists in general, not only with just cultural phenomenons and pop culture, things like this, but also in politics is to push people into extremes and picking a side like that. But. You know, his team, his PR team, their goal with this trial was not to win money. Obviously, he doesn't care about that. It was totally to revamp his image because he has lost so much in the last few years. Um, And so I think that they succeeded. So it'll be interesting, you know, what jobs and things that he gets after this if he really does start making a name for himself. I don't know if Amber is going to be essentially broke after this because yeah. she does not have that much money. She's not worth anything now, and yeah, now she's she even going to
0: pay this fifteen million.
1: Well, her team is saying that they want her to appeal, so maybe she's going to appeal and try to ask for if she can pay less.
0: Yeah. See, I was a little, I'm a little uncomfortable about this whole PR push for Johnny Depp because I was looking at a thread and it was from like a liberal journalist, so they have their own perspective, but they're basically saying that. This really has been affected by TikTok and by Instagram and just like the little edited clips that people see online. And it's become kind of a sport to only make fun of Amber Heard, which I think a lot of the criticism, as we've already said, is totally valid. And then, like I said, to try to almost deify um, Johnny Depp. And I don't want our justice system to work that way. I don't want a jury to be affected. I don't want a ruling to be affected by the decontextualized clips and narratives that you see online. Even if she is guilty, I don't think that's how we want our justice system to go. Outside of the whole like Me Too conversation, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about justice in general. I don't know, the whole PR aspect of this for him, it just made me uncomfortable. Well, it begs the question in this
1: day and age of social media and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter is there even the possibility truly for people to have a fair trial anymore if you're ever in that situation? And that is
0: very scary to me. Yeah, that's super scary. But I do think that it is important that we realize that accused people have rights, that you are innocent until proven guilty. I wish that we functioned more like that on social media. We typically don't. And there's also like, there's a biblical aspect to this. Like if you look at the Old Testament and like God's law giving to Israel, you see that there are rights for the accused. It's not just the accuser. And that was like the fatal flaw of the Me Too thing. The believe all women like really subverts that principle of innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent, and that really can ruin someone's life. And the Bible actually required in ancient Israel that the person who falsely accused someone else, say it was, of murder Mm -hmm. and would have sent that person to execution actually had to suffer the consequence that the accused would have had to suffer if they made a false allegation and so the whole idea of someone making a false accusation of being punished for defamation goes all the way back thousands of thousands of years and it's i mean it's a good thing it's a good thing there should be accountability for false accusations absolutely i agree Okay, another quick break from that fun conversation to tell you about one of my truly all-time favorite sponsors. And it's because I use this product all the time. And that is the clothing from Carly Jean Los Angeles. Carly Jean Los Angeles is a Los Angeles-based capsule clothing company. It started in 2004. Carly Jean started it herself with three simple goals. Help women feel as beautiful as they already are. Simplify the shopping and getting ready process. And provide beautiful quality pieces that can be worn in any season of life. It's an inspiring resource to guide women in building capsule wardrobes to make getting dressed a joy every day. Don't you just love things that make your life easier and that also provide great products, great clothes that you want to wear? I feel so good in Carly Jean clothes and I feel good no matter what size I am, no matter what season of life I'm in, no matter what season of the year it is. Their clothes are truly versatile. I wear them when I'm pregnant, Postpartum. I wear them all the time right now when I am neither. I truly love their products and I love the people that work at Carly Jean Los Angeles. So check them out. Go to Carly Jean Los Angeles.com. Use promo code Allie B. You'll save 20% off your first order of anything in their online store when you do. Go to Carly Jean Los Angeles.com. Promo code Allie B for that discount. That's Carly Jean Los Angeles.com. All right, let's move on to the next thing. I want to talk a little bit about YWLS and what it is for people who don't know. Starts today. I'll be there tomorrow. But let's transition into it by, I guess, continuing our conversation about women. So I think that the left thinks that, I think they thought that back in 2018, when the whole Kavanaugh thing was happening, the Me Too was really blowing up, that all women would be affected by that. And then in the midterms, they would vote Democrats, um, And they kind of think that about like a lot of things like, oh, abortion, a women's issue. Me too. All women are going to think the same way and feel the same way. That's how we're going to get them to vote Democrat. That didn't really go the way that they thought it would in 2018. I'm wondering if you think. Um, it's going to go that way this year in the midterms, not just when it comes to Roe v. Wade, but you've also got people saying, oh, we're going to kind of exploit suburban women's fears for their kids' lives with the whole gun violence thing in order to get them to vote Democrat. What do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's interesting uh, hearing the left harp on things like women's issues because they want to have this super broad definition of what a woman is, right? Anyone can be a woman, so are things really women's issues at this point? I don't really think that's fair. But, you know, it. It's, it's interesting to me to say, um we're the side that really cares about your children and wants to keep your kids safe unless we want to abort them. like that doesn't make any sense to me. you know yeah. they're always contradicting themselves um, and you have been really, I think on the forefront and on the cusp of understanding the super important issue and um need for the conservative movement to really be targeting suburban women voters. I don't feel like enough people in the conservative movement talk about that. You've done a really good job. If we had 100 million Ali Stuckys that were really targeting this demographic of voters, I think we would be in a better position. It is interesting to think, okay, with the Roe v. Wade stuff happening this year and um, the push on gun control, which way are people going to sway in the midterms? I am really hinging and hoping that The economy status is going to push people a certain way, regardless of how they feel on those issues, because of how bad things are and how dire, and the formula shortage and all of those things. I hope that that ends up really swaying suburban moms more. Um, But it's just really, really hard because you have so many women saying things like, you know, this is why when the left talks about, oh, well, yes, most majority of voters are pro choice, it's like, well, when you really dive into that, they're, you know, pro-choice technically, but then you start asking questions like, well, not past the first trimester, and I don't agree with these things. It's like, we really have to educate people on those things, educating them on hardening schools. There are other solutions as opposed to just gun control. Um, And that takes time to really change that mindset can we do that by september or uh, november i don't know
0: yeah i think that a lot of suburban moms not all of them but a lot of suburban moms have at least christian sentiments towards things and i think like this monopoly that the left has said that they have on compassion and empathy i think that's really what gets a lot of Suburban women. No one wants to be called a bigot. No one wants to be accused of lacking empathy. Plus, like the biggest influencers that they follow on Instagram Glennon Doyle, uh, Brene Brown, I would say one other one that claims that she's unbiased but is not gosh can I just say Brene Brown is
1: a snake in the grass I will say that (laughs) oh say it go (laughs) I will say that but I have so many girls that will you know look at this video this snippet of her speech and stuff I'm like that is she is totally in that very you know tiptoeing around like the new age stuff and everything
0: oh she 100% is and she's very pro-abortion she's pro every left-wing issue that you can possibly think of including transitioning kids so is Jen Hatmaker and the these are the people that a lot of suburban women are going to, and they think that they're informed because they read an infographic of decontextualized data, pseudo data, from someone like Brene Brown. And I think all of us, myself included, are susceptible to emotional manipulation. But when those are the only people that you go to, I think it's very easy to be swayed into voting Democrat because you think that's compassionate. And that drives me crazy. I mean, that just drives me wild. When they
1: have this fear of, you know, um, so, for example, This week with Obviously gay pride month Starting Poplitics My daily show We posted a graphic That said you know Men are not women Or men cannot be women Something like that And we I purposely I said let's use hashtags Like pride and pride month So that To gin up up, some
0: controversy Oh yeah And it did Okay so
1: what were Some of the comments So some of the comments Were um, wow This is a cool take Yeah you just want People to die You're pro Trans kids dying And it's like Okay you know One of my favorite people Who has really tackled This issue is Uh, journalist Abigail Schreier who you've talked to on your show and Mm -hmm. I've talked to her and Mm -hmm. she's so good about talking about um, you know The left, and especially the alphabet mafia, preys on these suburban women, telling them, like, of course, you don't want kids to commit suicide, right? By not affirming their transgender identities and all of this different stuff. And she's like, there is zero data to prove that once they transition, that all of a sudden, you know, their suicidal thoughts and ideations go down, it stays the same. And I brought this up. I was thinking the other day, I thought, you know, whatever happened to that Jazz Jennings girl, Mm -hmm. TLC I am jazz or guy. Yeah. so jazz jennings transitions his parents have him transition before puberty and yes. now he is in college uh, has full sex reassignment surgery yes. so they made him a vagina Okay, And he has to dilate it every day. Every day. Ugh. And doesn't like doing it all the time because there was an episode where the mother, where Jazz's mother said, you better be doing this. We paid all this money on for Ugh. your surgery and you're not even really keeping up with it. Uh, morbidly obese, severe depression, binge eating disorder, all these different things that Jazz has been open about lately. And it's like, how can you look at that and say, like, they're living the picture perfect life yeah. now. Nothing has gotten better for him Um, but that's just one of many issues but i think that's the sad thing is again one of those lies that we have to be better about explaining to people it's not compassionate to transition these kids before puberty
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. And there was something, I don't know if you've seen Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. I have
1: been, as soon as Why to Be Less is over, I've been like swamped in this. I am so looking forward to watching it. I know. It.
0: I mean, it's laugh out loud funny on some parts just because he is yeah. like, you know, his dry humor is so funny. And then other parts are super sad and I don't want to give too much away. I want people to go watch it. We talked about it yesterday. But at one point he talks to um, uh, a person who is a woman transition into a man, I think regrets the transition very much. She was just always told by people, you know, you're more like a guy, you're an alpha female, whatever. So transition said that she has infections every year. She's gone through 17 rounds of oh, antibiotics because gosh. she had a, like a fail. Phalloplasty, where basically they make a penis out of like the skin in her arm, said that she's probably going to die early just because of the health complications that she's had. And she said, look, this entrapped me when I was 42 years old. I believed the propaganda and the manipulation that people are telling me. Like Young kid, kids mm-hmm. do not stand a chance because kids are extremely malleable. They're extremely open to influence. If someone in authority, like a teacher says, you know what? I've noticed that you like playing with dolls. Why don't you come in here in the closet and try on a dress and see how you like it? You might actually be a girl, which is something that is happening on a daily basis in the United States. Then of course that kid, the power of suggestion is so strong. Mm -hmm. And then as you said, the manipulation for the mother that, well, you have to affirm this or you're going to have a dead kid. There's no data showing that the suicide rate for trans people is most seven to 10 years after transition it's Wild. very very interesting yeah and you know jazz
1: jennings too he has had to have multiple after he had his first sex reassignment surgery he's had to go back and had multiple other ones because it's it's, it's not going right yeah things course, are getting infected your body and stuff.
0: isn't yes and your body is going to be infected and just a note for people maybe you're watching this for the first time we do use biological pronouns on this show because we don't We don't believe that it is loving to lie about someone. And because I believe that people are made male and female in God's image and people's bodies and biology and DNA is really good, that's what I want to affirm. I'm not going to be forced to affirm a lie and something that I actually think is very destructive for the individual and for society. I think the hard thing is for conservatives is that we have such an uphill battle to explain to people like why something isn't compassionate. It's easy to just say, well, you know, for the left they can just say this is what it means to be a good person and then the and then conservatives have to say, Well, 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 sit around while I'll explain and give you facts and data and it can be harder to, you know, grab people's attention for that.
1: Well, we know based on scripture that obviously, you know, Jesus talks about how it's not gonna be easy being a Christian. It's also the same, I'm mean, being a conservative. And so I talk about this whole thing um, in my y to Be last speech that comes out tonight. I don't know when this podcast is coming out. It's coming out today. Thursday. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So today, so when I speak tonight, I'm really going to talk about this is that It is. We are going to have a bullseye on us. We are going to have a target on us. You have to start being comfortable living with that bullseye on you. Be proud to have a bullseye on you, that people are going to be coming after you. If they're not coming after you, if they're not hating you, then you're not doing something right. We are going to be hated and we're going to be misunderstood, um, but standing for truth sometimes, that's what it's going to take. And I, I think A lot of times, young conservative women, especially, we still struggle with that. We want to be liked. We don't like people that we went to high school with that actually know us personally. And it's always the people that know you personally. That's who hurts you the most. It's the people that you went, you know, that you were in biology class with in ninth grade. It's the people that, you know, you were a nanny to their kids growing up. That were in your wedding. That were in your wedding. That happens. And it's when those people say you're a bad person, you're like, but you know me. You
0: know I'm not. You know
1: that I'm not. And and so that's that's where it's like, ah, should I be saying the wrong pronoun? Should I do this so that people don't? don't think that about me and we have to be comfortable losing a few of those people in our life but you will gain more you will make other friends um and you know that's happened with me too just yeah. working at turning point yeah i lost so many people and then have gained now so many
0: all right third sponsor for the day is annie's kit clubs okay if you haven't tried out annie's kit clubs yet you have to. My relatable listeners absolutely love Annie's Kit Clubs for your kids. It's a subscription crafting service for your kids, probably ages about seven to 12 is the sweet spot there. So every month you get different kinds of crafts. You get a STEM project, you get a woodworking kit, you might get a a beading kit, a jewelry making kit. They've got a wide variety of stuff that are that's good for both girls and boys and it comes with all of the tools, all of the instructions that your kid needs to make this awesome project, and they can do it totally autonomously. So you don't have to go to the craft store. You don't have to sit there and guide them through the process. I mean, this really is a win for everyone. When your kid is inside after they've spent the afternoon swimming, you don't just want to sit them in front of the screen. You want them to be doing something productive, and that's actually good for their brain, but you want them to be entertained so you can, you know, get dinner ready and all of that stuff. You need to try Annie's Kit Clubs because it accomplishes all of the things that you're hoping for uh, in keeping your child occupied in a healthy way on these hot summer afternoons. So go to com slash Allie. Get your first month 75% off with that link. Go to com slash Allie for 75% off your first month. That's com slash Allie. Yeah, so talk a little bit more about that because it's hard in the moment. I've experienced that too. Someone that You know, actually, someone said something because I was talking about someone that I knew I was, you know, very close to in college and then just ended up. She was so rude about me publicly, saying things that just like weren't true, maligned me because we disagreed on abortion. And it was wild. And I actually tried to reach out and reconcile with this person and talk to this person, no response. And so that was very hurtful if people have walked through that. There's a couple people, actually, that I can think of that were like that. And then someone messaged me, because I kind of talked about this on Instagram the other day, and said something that I actually think is true. She said, you know, a lot of times with those friends that you used to think were friends, There were red flags along the way. There were some red flags before they turned your back. You kind of knew that they were snooty. You kind of knew that they were gossipy. You kind of knew that maybe they weren't a good friend. And thinking back on this person, I'm like, yeah, actually, there were people who told me that she, you know, was a jealous, gossipy not good friend person and i held on for who knows what reason so also remember that these lost friendships because of what you believe could also be the grace of god protecting you i think that's absolutely
1: true and i also think um one thing i'm 29 so i'll be 30 next year and one thing that i've really learned in my 20s is that there's an art to knowing how to respectfully and lovingly break up with friends
0: yeah um how do you do that
1: I think sometimes they'll break up with you and usually they're not very graceful. Um, but I think there's just a way to, you know, slowly but surely just kind of, you're not inviting them to things, you know, but it's not a mean, like, I'm going to block you and unfollow you and do all these things. You can still follow each other on social media and maybe you like their posts. How do you posts.
0: know when to do that? Like, how do you know when to say, okay, yeah, we disagree on this, but we're going to remain friends because we're both Christians or we, you know, whatever the commonality is? And when do you know that's like, you know what? This is just not a good this is not a good friendship anymore.
1: Well, I think it's, you know, are they are you sharpening their iron are are, are they sharpening yours? Are you just when, making each other dull? Are you making each other dull? Are you feeding into each other in a, in a good way? Do you feel uplifted after you hang out with this person? Or do you feel drained? Um, those types of things. Do you do you feel better about yourself? Do you feel encouraged? Is this person encouraging you on your walk with Christ? Um, my best friend Lauren is here watching uh, us film. And I mean, Lauren is the first person in my life to call me out when I do something good. And encourage me to be like, that was awesome. I'm so proud of you. Or to be like, what were you thinking? This was a terrible decision. <laughs> I mean, she is... She She is like that, but that's a true friend. And I think, you know, do you feel like you have to walk on eggshells in front of that person or can you be honest with each other and hold each other accountable in things? Because even as Christians, we all sin, we all make mistakes, but is your other Christian friend willing to have those conversations with you? I know Lauren and I are willing to have those conversations, but if you have friends that you feel like I can't even be honest with them, um, you know, that's probably not a good, mature, healthy friendship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is like, it goes on a kind of a case by case basis. And I think that's a good distinction that you just explained. You're not saying that friendships should be absence of conflict. You're actually saying what does the conflict actually look like? How are you working through it? Yes. Is it in a way that is toxic and that is You know, degrading to you or is just not healthy or is it a way that you work through the conflict and you're actually stronger because of it because I do think the world kind of tells us secular psychology says oh as soon as you don't feel good in a relationship or as soon as a friendship isn't perfect or as soon as someone doesn't tell you everything you want to hear cut that person out of your life that's not what we're saying Um, we're saying is the relationship actually healthy how are you working through disagreements and conflicts there's a way to do it there's a way not to do it um, how, what other advice would you give someone who maybe they're on a college campus, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're just you know, a mom in the neighborhood. They really want like-minded friends, um, but they're struggling finding that community. I think it can make all the difference, but where does someone start if they don't know where?
1: It is so awkward, but I am dead serious. You will just see a girl that looks cute. Maybe you're at the park.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's almost like how you pick
1: up you know a guy or something, or you know, they pick up you. Like You gotta almost like go out there and go on little girlfriend dates. Um, you know, Lauren and I. I was on the radio. Before I worked for Turning Point, I did radio and Lauren was a listener of my show and just emailed me. He was like, I'm a fan of your show and whatever. And I was like, let's go get brunch. It is awkward as adults. It is very hard to make friends as adults, but sometimes it is really just hey, you know, I you're always at the park here and um, I know you don't know me or whatever, but I live around the corner and like, would you ever want to go get a latte together sometime and we can get to know each other? And look, just like when you're dating guys, you might go on a friend date and be like, I have nothing in common with this girl. I'll never talk to her again. But, you know, I know her name if I need, you know, if I need help at the park or something or uh, at the grocery store. She's a neighbor. I can go get sugar from if I need it. Like y- you can at least, you know, make acquaintances that way. Or you might go out with somebody and be like, oh, my gosh, like I have so much in common with this girl. You know, I'd love to hang out there. Saying hi to people at gym class, uh, linking up in your local Republicans clubs. Um, I think that's super important. All of those different types of things. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good local Facebook groups for people where they yeah. live. And that is how I've made a lot of friends and a lot of my friends have made friends is, is based on interest, like the local, you know, running group for your town or a mommy and me group or homeschool group. They all have Facebook groups and they're usually all getting together. And that's a really good, easy place to start. Yeah. But also, um, you know, it's a really good, uh, little tip is like if you follow Ali Stuckey and Ali posts a video just like click on people that are commenting on her stuff and like I, I always look at people's profiles who are interacting on the same accounts that I do yeah. and then just you know what if you click on somebody's profile and it's like oh they live in Scottsdale where I live yeah and then I just DM them like oh my gosh you're a fan of Ali I am this is so random but I live in Scottsdale I happen to find your profile yeah like, we should get together sometime we're both relatable fans like that's a very easy you know in with somebody and of mm-hmm. course coming to events like the Young Women's Leadership Summit which by the way is not just for young women. It's just for all ages. Yeah, there's like that. a
0: broad definition of that. Yes,
1: all yeah. as long as you're a biological woman, you can come. Yeah, but anyone is welcome at these turning point events, and these are the best ways yes. to meet friends. Yes,
0: yes. Okay, speaking of dating, we only have a few minutes left. But speaking of dating, how is that as a conservative Christian woman in this world of dating apps and everything is hyper political and online? What's that been like? I know you're in a serious relationship, but-
1: I'm in a serious relationship, but I have been, oh my gosh. I mean, I've talked about it on my podcast, The Spillover. I have mm-hmm. had some crazy dating experiences throughout my 20s. I've dated any type of guy you can think of and dealt with every single thing you can think of. And one thing I've learned is that I know that it was like an old taboo that on the first date, you never bring up politics, religion. I absolutely disagree with that. Yeah. On the first date, you should be saying what you are looking for, what your political beliefs are. Hey, I am really, I it is important to me to get married and I want to have kids you know what is your timeline looking like what are you looking for are you looking just to date casually or are you dating for marriage i bring all that up and you know what if that scares them and freaks a guy out then he isn't ready and that's okay and then you're just like okay cool i didn't waste my time but guys will make it very clear and intentional i am ready for dating um only just a casual dating relationship or i am looking to date and find someone to marry and i'm looking for that you know in the next year or so two years and i think it's okay to ask those things and say what you want
0: yeah so so with this current relationship, y'all talked about that on the first date. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you already knew his political
1: leanings. I knew his political leanings because he worked at Turning Point. So that yeah, was easy.
0: That was easy. <laughs> so that yeah. was easy. But
1: no, we we did talk about all that stuff. And... um we ended up, we, we were out, we were out at the same restaurant bar situation. I was there with girlfriends and he and his friend showed up and we just started talking because we knew each other from work. And then after that night, he immediately texted me the next day and said like, hey, I want to take you out to dinner. and ever since that, he ha- called me every single night at dinner Aww. to ask me about my day, um, you know, pursued me, made it known what his intentions are, and then even still now, we're talking about a timeline of, okay, when would it be realistic for us to engage engaged? He's in California, I'm in Arizona. Yeah, so I there's a, that. well, we're trying to figure that out because my show that's and hard. everything, my shows are filmed in Arizona and he has to live in Orange County. So that's one of those things that we're like, we're figuring out what we would do with that. But you know, it is something that we're discussing. It's not like it's the elephant in the room. He knows that I'm like, hey. I'm 29. I always make the joke I'm like, I'm drying up. My eggs are drying up. <laughs> we need to, I need a plan. But, um, so no, he knows I really want to get married and have kids. So it's, it's very open and, and that's good. But, you know, if he yeah. started hesitating on that and stuff, it would be very sad and it would break my heart. But I'd have to figure out how to, yeah. how to cut the you ties. We don't want to
0: waste time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last sponsor for the day is Good Ranchers. I know you guys love to grill out in the summer. It's one of our favorite things to do. My husband, if I do say so myself, is not just a really good cook, but he is a very good griller, and he loves to grill the steaks from Good Ranchers. We have Good Ranchers meat almost every single night because once again, this is one of those things that just makes your life easy. You go online, goodranchers.com alley You pick out the beef, the chicken, the seafood that you want. They individually wrap it. They put it on dry ice. They send it to your door in just a couple days. You put it in the freezer and then every night you already have part of your meal taken care of or at least chosen. So you don't have to worry about going to the grocery store and wondering is this sustainably sourced, ethically raised? Is this even from the United States? It's kind of hard to guarantee that your product is that but with good ranchers you know all of those things are going to be true they are supporting american farms and ranches an industry that has just been decimated over the past several years and they have really good prices plus they've got a great deal right now if you go to goodranchers.com slash Alley and use my promo code, they include free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with every with your order to every person that uses my code alley. So make sure you take the time today. This is a great Father's Day gift, by the way, to go to goodranchers.com slash Alley or use my code alley at checkout to get your two free 18-ounce ribeyes. Start the summer off right with good ranchers. That's American Meat Delivered. So advice for, here, I want two different kinds of advice. One, advice for the single girl who is just demoralized by dating. Okay, so she's on her dating apps, people on there, sometimes they say they're a Christian, but then you meet them and you're like, "Uh, not really. You're not on the same page with me theologically. And so they just feel like, oh my gosh, I want to give up. So one advice for that, just some like motivation and encouragement for that person. And also for the girl who's in a relationship. And I love talking to this kind of person who's in a relationship because you've gone through a lot of breakups too. She knows it's wrong. She knows this is not the right person, but she's scared to end it because maybe she's 29, 30, maybe she's 35. And she's afraid that she's not going to find someone. Where does she get the courage to just... Not settle. So let's start with number one, the demoralized dater.
1: All right. For the demoralized dater, I would say that we really have to stop looking, and this is I'm talking to myself, but we have to stop looking at singleness as a curse and look Mm. at it as a gift. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for that period in your life, I think God really wants us to own our singleness and there's work for the kingdom that he is wanting us to do. And that's going, you have to think about like, maybe that's something that needs to be done now, because obviously when you're a mom and when you're a wife, you're going to have other responsibilities and things you need to do. But now is the time that you can go out on the mission field or you can start a new podcast or, you know, change your career up or whatever it is that God has planned for you. And you need to do that now. Um, And that's something that I really had to, in the time before I was in a serious relationship, really be in prayer and thinking about that. So I struggle with that number 1. So I will be the first one to say that. So I would I would be, you know, in prayer and thinking about that. And then for the person who's in a relationship that is just knowing that this isn't the right thing you really should be leaning on your other Christian girlfriends for this and be like, hey, I need you to hold me accountable that I'm having these conversations with him um, and being respectful to him also in your breakup and being honest. Be
0: so honest.
1: Because if you are Don't having. the whole
0: right now thing.
1: Yeah. It is not. I would say this and i'm at that age where it's like scary like i really feel like i need to be getting married soon and having kids soon because i don't want to be an older mother personally that's just not my choice some people that is their choice but i would like to have all that sooner rather than later but you know if the day came where my current boyfriend for example all of a sudden something changed and i thought this isn't right even though i'm at the age where i really want to get married i would rather break up with him instead of jumping into a marriage which we believe obviously is for a turn or, you know, till death that I am miserable or things are wrong. Um, And so you really have to, is it going to be, you know, a few months or maybe a few years of uncomfortable versus being with the love of your life, the God, the guy that God has planned for you forever. I mean, that's better, uh, more of a better trade-off, I think.
0: It's better to be single than sad, single and sad than married and trapped. Oh,
1: well, you know, and there's, you know, somebody that I know that is in that type of situation uh, where she does is starting to feel married and trapped and like, oh, no, I ignored so many red flags. I've made a huge mistake. And that is that I would say, arguably, she has the kids and she does have a beautiful home and she has the husband. But she is so miserable. Mm. And so as miserable as you feel single, and like I would just die to have a husband and kids. You don't want to have the wrong husband. You don't want
0: to settle. No, because that really is for life. You're also marrying. Their family. And I will say for the person who is in that position, like God can redeem anything, even if you are in a marriage where you feel trapped. Like you have no idea what God can do in and through that. So I don't want you to think that it's total lost cause. You're just going to spend the rest of your life. Like miserable and trapped. Maybe not. You have no idea how God can work through that season. Marriages go through different seasons and different feelings and things like that. So be careful also, because Satan will also use those feelings to tempt you to infidelity and to covetousness and things like that. So make sure that In those situations that you are still seeking the Lord and seeking Christian community, but also for the person, as you said, who is engaged, even if you're engaged, even if your wedding is tomorrow and you've had that conviction from the Holy Spirit, something's been telling you, I had that at a previous relationship. Mm. There was nothing on paper, but something was telling me from the very beginning, this is not right. This is not right. This is not right. You, and I just, I wanted it because it looked good on paper. I always wanted to get married right after college and Thank the Lord. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. But do not ignore that conviction. Do not ignore it.
1: You know what I think actually would be really helpful. That I don't think a lot of. Uh enough Christians anyway are talking about is I actually think premarital counseling before getting engaged is a good idea. If you're Mm -hmm. dating seriously and you're like, I think we want to get engaged, I say do the premarital counseling before the engagement because that's a lot easier to break up before the engagement than be engaged and then break up before the marriage.
0: Yeah, if you're in a serious position, there are some churches that have like programs like that or at least like if you know a godly couple, at least have them like informally sit down with you and ask you some questions or like the campus minister of like an organization at your college, your pastor, even if you can't afford to like pay a counselor to sit down with you in a formal way, I think you're right. Get some godly, older, wise people to ask you some tough questions so that y'all can have some soul searching. I think that's a really good piece of advice. All right. Um, one, do you have anything final to say about YWLS, what people can expect, what you're excited about, and also where can people find you in your podcast if they don't already listen?
1: Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Summit is an event that happens every year exclusively for women in the conservative movement. And it's I, so fun. It is so fun. And if you've ever been to a, an event for conservatives before, I'm just telling you, if you've never been to a Turning Point event, it is night and day. We've got pyrotechnics and confetti shooting. And why do we less as fun? Because every year is a different theme. And so last year it was like pink and Barbie. The whole thing was capitalist Barbie. Like Barbie in America gets to live in her dream house and do all these things because she lives under capitalism. Um, And so that was last year. This year, the theme is darker and edgy. There's lots of black and then pink and purple and, you know, storms and lightnings. And it's like, we are angry. And the last, uh, definitely, you know, since, President Biden uh, came into office, we're angry. We're not happy with the direction things are going. Okay, so now we're really mad. Now, how are we gonna channel that into activism and really make a difference and how it's okay to be angry, but then what do you do with that? Um, And especially in a midterm year, how important that is. So that's really the theme this year. So I told Allie, and you know how Allie is. I mean, look at her, look at her set. If you're watching on her YouTube channel, like Allie is so bright and cheery and soft and pastels and all this. And I was like, you gotta bring out your inner like angry kind of emo alley chick emo
0: alley oh people know <laughs> i can't yeah she told me a couple months ago i told her what i was planning on wearing and she was like oh the theme is black and i was yeah. like oh dang it okay but no i've adjusted i've adjusted she's, for she's it. gonna look great she
1: showed me what she's wearing is super Thanks. super cute so anyway that's gonna be really fun um but if you didn't get to make it this year you really really should try to make it next year and um it's just people leave these events, uh, at least the turning point, women's one, especially with lifelong friendships. Like we were talking about the girls that are going to be, you know, your future bridesmaids and stuff. It's incredible. So I recommend that. I have two shows, a daily show called pop Politics on Instagram, where I cover pop culture from a conservative perspective. And then I have a weekly podcast called The Spillover, anywhere you get your podcast. And I interview uh, dynamic personalities and people that have jaw-dropping stories ali was one of them and we talked about the dark side of the birthing business
0: yes so fun
1: i've interviewed all kinds of people from serial killer yes, oh survivors and
0: it she really do have like such incredible interviews it's different I every love week. listening to them i mean i love both shows but like it's so interesting the guests that you have and you know alex does if you don't already know you don't already follow her which i know that we have huge crossover in our audiences so a lot of people are already familiar but for those who don't like Alex really does a very unique thing. I don't know if there's anyone that talks about pop culture, especially as consistently and as well and as interestingly as Alex does. So if you don't tune into her stuff, like I really, really recommend that you do because it's such a unique angle and I think it's so important for us. We don't just have to be like academic and dry and philosophical all the time As I love conservatives. Yes, yeah. I love that stuff. Yep. I love talking about that and there's a time and a place for that. But look, that's not for everyone. And so like we need different kinds of voices, different kinds of people, different kinds of angles to appeal to like the wide range of people that are out there. Alex does that really well in a very bold way. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you, Allie. And yes. Allie kills it with, you know, theology and talking Ooh, about thanks. politics and all that stuff. She owns that space and I think that's a fun thing if you're if you're somebody that desires a career in the conservative movement or media in the conservative movement is figuring out what your niche is and you know Allie's found hers yeah. and and owning that one specific thing you don't have to be a catch-all person that talks about anything and everything i don't do that i'm not talking theology that's not my strength that's ali's but i love talking pop culture and i love true crime yeah. and all that so i kind of do that and you can still be a conservative and you know have more of a fun or entertaining show and stuff like that so i like being able to be that person and i kind of explain it as like, I like being a hostess to the conservative movement. Like, I like welcoming people in that are very scared of conservatives and are weary of super deep, you know, Conversations. I just welcome them in. I'm like, look, we're fun. We're we're normal. Yeah. We like all the same stuff. And then you know, people like Ali and Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro. You guys can do the full red. You're pill. the gateway. I just like being the gateway drug to conservatism. <laughs> drug. You
0: get to the hard stuff. Yeah, um, I'm the pink I'm pill. Ali's the the red pill. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, thank you so much for what you do. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Super excited about YWLS. It's gonna be amazing. And yeah, everyone can find you on Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff.
1: Yes, at Real Alex Clark and the Spillover Podcast. Thank awesome. you. Thanks
0: so much.